sometimes feel like, well, you just don't measure up to other people's expectations. Maybe you don't feel like you're qualified to actually have the kind of life you dream about. Today, a cautionary tale that something's just not right and how to make an adjustment to begin living your best life in three, two, one. Pushing the boundaries of expectations and rewriting the rules of adventure are the reasons we get up in the morning. This is a way of life, a huge and growing community of explorers and adventurers, leading the way, blazing new trails, and raising the bar. We share your hunger for a life without limits, and we know you'll stop at nothing to get there. Greetings, unwavering kinetic believers all over the world. Welcome back. I'm Stephen Canyon. So glad you could join us. And it's I'm also so glad to be back. Our email address is kineticbelief at stephencanyon.com. If you've got any questions, comments, anything like that. Bad comments, keep them to yourself. Great ones, <laughs> email us. Hello, Miss Meg. Hello, hello. How are you today? I'm fantastic today. I've got a question for you. Okay. If you could do anything today that you want to do, yeah, what would that be? Ooh. What? Anything. I mean, just right now, if you could just like, okay, I, I want to go, and you can go. For, forget about the... the um, Sailing. The, are you serious? Yeah. That's the first thing on my list. Really? Sailing. There's just something, I just want to just cut through the water at some sort of nice clip and... Feel right. the salty air <laughs> so, and sunshine. Well, okay. So this is like the dating game. What's your second thing that you would do today? Just, um, there is no way that we're going to match up on this one. Horseback riding. Mm, that's my third. My second one is surfing. I love to surf. <laughs> I, <laughs> I miss surfing. Keyword love. <laughs> Notice, I, no, I love surfing. Notice he's not saying, I'm really good at surfing. I, I love surfing. Oh, that's great. You know, somebody says, are you are you good at surfing? Are you it's, a good surfer? Would, I love it. It's probably more I accurate to say that you're a, you enjoy swimming with a board. Or, <laughs> I do, though. Okay. I enjoy swimming with a surfboard. Oh, right, now here's one. I would like to go out dancing in the Gaslight District oh, of yeah. San Diego. That would be fun. Yes. Gosh, wouldn't that be fun? Wouldn't that be the perfect day? Mm. A little surf, a little sailing, horseback riding, get ready, go out dancing. That mm. sounds amazing. I'm, I'm there. I just <laughs> Can you there. tell that we've been pent up? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a good practice ex- for any yeah. or everybody. Yeah. Yeah. What would you What would you do if you could do anything right now? Oh, Where would practice. you go? Mm. I'll wow. bet. Uh, or I'd like to ride my bike around. Gosh. In Amsterdam. That sounds fun, doesn't it? I've always wanted to do that. Ugh. How fabulous, just a city where everyone's biking. I just think that sounds like a dream. Well, you know, we've kind of done that in Charleston, South Carolina, but there aren't too many people biking. It's just us and the cars. But the fun (laughs) thing about Charleston, biking in Charleston, is you are zipping past traffic the whole day. So everyone's just mm -hmm. sitting there bumper to bumper. It, I mean, the traffic is terrible, and you're just zipping and you're just all going over in the between peninsula. the cars. You get kind of bold, and there you go. Yeah, yeah. It's fun down King Street. Right. And, and <laughs> We're gonna bust out of this joint. <laughs> We're ready <laughs> we, we to go. We better stop, right? Oh my gosh. Oh, today. I was excited that I just, you know, did some yoga and weightlifting this morning. <laughs> so proud of you. Wah, wah. Yeah. Well, you know, the, I think that's one way to help us kind of get through all of this is to continue to imagine. Your, your best life as yeah. you wish it to be and can and see it uh, playing out now. Well, we've definitely gotten over that hurdle, that mental hurdle. And, um, you know, I think, I feel like we're both purposing to come out of this healthier, stronger, 
little leaner, a little sharper. So at least that gives you a goal, right? Something to do, Mm -hmm. sink your teeth into. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Well, today, a cautionary tale. And I want to dig, I just want to jump into this. I think that this is going to set somebody free today from some things that they didn't know they were held captive by. So I just need to ask ask this so that I can relax. Is it, Mm -hmm. is it me? Do I have to answer that? <laughs> where do I think? Where do you think I get all of my, all of my my uh, topics? Of, okay, go from? for it. You know what? If my, what else does if, Megan need help with? If me as a I cautionary would, tale will help, have I would at ne- it. I would never. No way. Not blatantly, anyway. All right. You're like so. There's this so girl. Pay attention. So there's this girl. <laughs> no. Right. Okay. Okay. So the first, I want to ask you a question, not you specifically, you Megan, okay. but are you living in condemnation? Do you live under the influence? Are you underneath some kind of condemnation? Don't answer until you listen to the cautionary tale signs that something's just not right. Okay. Something's not. Something is amiss. <laughs> And I think most anybody can answer that, uh, honestly, that uh, something's uh, not quite right, just a little off in my life. Well, Mm -hmm. let me ask you this. Do you believe that it's possible to experience prosperity, good health, joy, peace, but for some reason you just don't feel qualified to receive those things? Mm. Hmm. Now, most people... Most people count off their days while experiencing life, missing the gift of abundance, yeah. just one day after another. Well, and it's the attitude that someday, mm-hmm. well, one, one of these days, <laughs> my ship will come in. Right. There are a lot of different reasons for that. And I know some people carry a sense of unworthiness because of mistakes they've made, um, a lack of education, things they've done wrong in the past. Um, they, 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 can, they came into some money at one point and it's all gone, so my life's over. Mm. <laughs> or they've been, they've been uh, told that they're just worthless by somebody that they cared a lot about and really respected their advice. And one day they just told them that, you know, you're never going to amount to anything. Whatever the, whatever the reason is, they just don't feel good enough to be qualified to enjoy an extremely good life. Now, that, that's the question that I want you to answer. Not you specifically, Megan. I can't do that. I got to see you when the podcast is over. <laughs> um, but I want everybody to answer, and I'll answer it myself to me. Are, are you living in some kind of condemnation? I mean, does this in some way sound like you? If the answer is yes, then... Houston, we have a problem. (laughs) I mean, if you've been struggling to make ends meet, if you've been struggling to remain healthy, if you've been struggling to, uh, you know, stay at the weight that you want to stay at, and you're up and down and up and down, struggling to continuously feel joy, joyful um, happiness in your life, perhaps you're struggling with feelings of unworthiness, and, and maybe there's even some shame there that you just can't get rid of. You may be experiencing the negative energetics of condemnation if you answer yes to any of those. Well, how interesting to sort of pair this idea of condemnation with are you getting what you're desiring? Are you getting what you want out of life? Mm. Um, You're you're taking us down Mm -hmm. into the root of all that we are, which, which in turn produces the life we're living. 
Exactly, and that's the good news is that, you know what, as a kinetic believer, this can be resolved. Mm. There is an answer to this. And so condemnation is defined as the expression of very strong disapproval. And it comes in a lot of different forms. Um, It'll include feelings of unworthiness. It'll include feelings of regrets, of guilt, shame. Shame that somebody's put on you. Shame that you've just experienced yourself. Maybe, you know, the, you were somebody defined certain actions as being shameful when you were a child and you went on and did those shameful things later in life, whatever it is. Regrets. Most often it is from past experiences or some mistake that we may have made. But now the interesting thing about the subconscious, where the seed of condemnation lies dormant, is that some interaction that resulted in a sense of disapproval uh, occurred, I mean, it could have occurred 15 years ago or 15 minutes ago. You're right. It's very, it's very subtle, and it can be rooted in anything. Right. So at any time in our lives, when we have measured ourselves in a way that we judge ourselves to have not performed according to some expectation— in some way, we missed the mark or we messed up. We were a, a disappointment either to someone else or even to ourselves. The reactive energetic of disappointment is a negative experience. So kinetic believers, look, kinetic believers understand that negative thoughts and imaginations attract like kind of form. In other words, the resulting emotional reaction to the sense of condemnation will afflict us with a sense of disapproval for a lifetime if not dealt with. So what do we do? This is where the process of rewilding comes in. Well, and I like that you're you're also sort of cluing us in to the importance of this because if you don't take care of, of feelings of condemnation and that, like you said, the seed of that in your subconscious where it's rooted, you're totally undermining your manifesting capabilities. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So we become, by rewilding ourselves, undomesticated to the condemnation. So the process enables us to adhere to and rely on the perfected self, the original version of self. The kinetic believer intentionally regenerates themselves to unattach from every negative energetic. And we talk about this all the time. But today we're just recognizing that it shows up in the form of condemnation. Since a sense of guilt. So for every look, for every single human being, there is a perfect blueprint, a design for existing outside of every condemning imagination. And the marvelous thing is, the most freeing, wonderful thing is the sensibility for the guilt-free existence already exists within every human being. In other words, we're not trying to create something that doesn't already exist. We are going back to the thing that does exist and getting rid of all of the negativity. And it's so easy, um, the way you're describing it, it's so easy to see how this is undermining the process. Because let's say for just an example that that you have someone who's living in poverty um, or they just, they're not li- quite living that, that uh, life of abundance that they're wanting. And if they're adhering to this... Co- 
these condemning ideas. It's almost as if you're subconsciously telling yourself, I have what I deserve. Everything around me that I see, I, this, is, this is what I deserve. And so without, when you can't break out of that, you're hindering that ability to say, no, it's not about what I deserve. It's about what I say. And it's about what I believe so that I can manifest. Right. Taking the example of someone living in poverty, you are accepting every affliction as a new identity. Mm. Everything that has been dealt to you as a new way of your existence. Wow. The original version of every single person's unique work of art, that masterpiece, the genius of purpose that we came into the natural with, regardless of what, we may, have, what may have happened to you along the way. The guilt-free version of each one of us still remains untouched. It may be underneath a, uh, <laughs> a, a lot of stuff, but it's still there. It's there, yeah. The Creator's collection of work, which is found within every single person on the planet, each masterpiece, every original source thought form, each original brushstroke of perfection... Not only does the master's piece of each person still exist, the restoration needed to see the original work of art that is within all of us is possible through the power of kinetic belief. Mm, almost like it's a, it's a blueprint for things to come. It is a blueprint. It was the original intention, the bias of the creator. Wow. You and I were discussing the originality of the Mona Lisa just the other day, <laughs> yes. we were talking about by Leonardo da Vinci when he was he began painting uh, that painting in 1503. Wow. And during its time here on Earth, the Mona Lisa has been attacked repeatedly mm-hmm. down through the centuries. Yeah. Yes. Again and again attacked. Yeah. It's had acid thrown on it, rocks thrown at it, coffee mugs thrown at it. It's been stolen. It's had red paint thrown on it. It shouldn't still be the Mona Lisa, should it? Isn't that amazing? No. Every single human being is a masterpiece of art created by the Creator, unique, different, just like the Mona Lisa, originally perfect. But at some point along the journey of life, every single person, because we are masterpieces, we are all works of art, all of us have had some kind of acid thrown at us. We've been hit by rocks. We've had coffee cups thrown at us, red paint thrown all over us. There's always something trying to steal our joy, to steal our original self, to steal our happiness. And if these things happen to you along the way, and it happens to everybody, by the way. You're not special because something happened to you. You're not special because you got hit by a rock. That doesn't make you unique. It's, it's because you are unique that they happen to you. But for those who recognize the priceless work of art that they are, those that value how unique and how different they are, restoration is the next step. The Mona Lisa has been restored every single time that it's been attacked. Why? Because it's valued, because it's loved, because it's cherished, and because it's recognized for its beauty. It's been esteemed because it's a one of a kind, esteemed for, for centuries. You and me and every single person is a one of a kind work of art created in the image of the Creator with a singleness of purpose. And that purpose is to be original 
to be the original version of you. That's the purpose of life is to maintain that. You're not going to, none of us are going to maintain that original version unless we love it, unless we cherish it, unless we recognize it for what it is. And today, the Mona Lisa has been restored and it sits flawlessly in its original state in the Louvre in Paris. But there are also over 35,000 one-of-a-kind works of art in the Louvre. To become a kinetic believer, to experience your original genius of purpose by displaying every day of your life, we begin the restoration process which is so much fun by valuing ourselves, loving ourselves, cherishing ourselves, by recognizing the beauty of our brushstrokes and those original colors that make us all different, and by esteeming ourselves as a one of a kind. And, and when then we, here we are restored as a way of life, back to the original beauty that we were first imagined to be, unblemished and without condemnation, you can look at every rock and coffee cup and red spattering of paint and all every one of those as a, a source. It's a condemnation. Oh, you got hit by another condemnation today. Well, we restore ourselves back to the original version, fearlessly, proudly standing tall as we were meant to be for all to see. Wow, what a perfect parallel of restoration as compared to this our our own process of of rewilding and you know. It, it's really beautiful that, you know, that restoration, that rewilding, it really symbolizes your um, tenacity. And you're saying, you know, they could have just said, oh, well, that red paint's probably going to stick. We, I guess we'll just leave it and throw it in the garbage. And now that's the Mona Lisa. You want to go see the Mona Lisa? Now it's, it's mostly it got, red. Right. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's really symbolizing your unwillingness to cave in, to give in to the attacks. And, and, and you're constantly saying through this process, I'm worth it. I am unique enough. I am special enough. Um, and then I also love that eventually the curators finally got smart enough. They said, maybe we should put some sort of plexiglass fortress around this thing so that no one can do this anymore, um, which in a sense is what we end up doing as well. Took them a little while. It was 1965 when they put it behind bulletproof yeah. glass. But shouldn't we come there to that it is. realization for ourselves too? All these decades of attacks on our unique personalities and eventually you say, you know what, I'm just going to I think I'm going to build build this fortress. And that is the way of life of the kinetic believer. That's like the, the armor that we were talking about yes. that we purposely put on every day so that we recognize mm. when that that uh, rock is coming our way, we become impervious yeah. to it rather than receiving it. Right. We had the bulletproof glass there rather than taking the blow of the rock mm -hmm. or the spattering of the red paint, the insults, the condemnation, rather than receiving that only to have to rewild ourselves, to restore ourselves away from that later on, we become impervious to it. We, like you said, put ourselves behind the bulletproof glass. The fort, yeah, you're building a fortress for yourself. I love that. Um, as you're describing all of this teaching us today, it's also, you're really revealing, rewilding as the sort of linchpin of all of your success because if you're just you know if we're just sitting there and we're just you know doing the affirmations and and saying all that we know we're supposed to say but we haven't gone through this rewilding process of getting to know ourselves and putting a demand on that original self to resurface nothing's going to happen and so i think that can be a point of frustration because without that depth of understanding and, and that process in place uh, it, it doesn't work 
Well, we're masquerading, aren't we? We are the original Mona Lisa walking down the street covered in dents and bruises, red paint, Mm -hmm. all of these blemishes and flaws. Uh, Masquerading is something that we were never meant to be. And so the response, the energetic response is partly negative, partly positive. We're being tossed to and fro, kicked around, never realizing and manifesting the life that we really want to live because we haven't found balance and harmony in the Mm -hmm. original state of, of intention in agreement and alignment with the bias of the creator for our lives. Well, it also seems like as you go through this rewilding process that you're in a sense, becoming more in tune with what you actually want out of life. Because if you aren't already, if you haven't gone through the rewilding, if you haven't been rewilded, you are going to be, your your vision is going to be skewed. You think you want something, but you don't really know that you want that. And it seems like, I mean, I'm just, I guess I'm just wondering if the frequency that you develop, the personal frequency that you develop when you're rewilding, if that's going to be required to manifest the things that you're actually supposed to, you know, have in the life that you're supposed to live. It's almost like if it's not really you, it won't even happen. It's the first step. You yeah. have to go back to the genius of purpose. You have to go back to the original Mona Lisa mm-hmm. to to be the Mona Lisa. Yeah. You cannot leave that blemished and covered up. Yeah. And then go on and try to be something that you haven't uh, represented yourself as yet. So that's where the sense of condemnation comes in. Condemnation is just another way of saying that you haven't yet checked to the curb. You haven't cleaned that stuff off of yourself. You haven't found a way to remove those dents mm-hmm. and to get the red spattering paint off of there. You haven't found a way to of restoration yet. And that's where the fun of it all comes in. Because you know what? It's only it's a 50-50 endeavor. We're only responsible for 50% of the effort to, for, of our original restoration. The, through kinetic belief, the power of the law of attraction, which is the substance of things that are hoped for, and in alignment with our Creator's original intention for us, that attracts the other part, which is greater than anything we can think of or imagine. Why is that? We cannot actually imagine to the original. uh, It's it's difficult for us from where we are to imagine that original Mona Lisa Mm -hmm. in its perfect restored condition. Only the creator can do that. So, but when we are willing to do our part and say, okay, I want the wisdom for this and I'm grateful for it. And I am, am exercising in gratitude for um, the ability to attract uh, my desires, but even greater than my desires, then all of a sudden the law of attraction is going to manifest us into not only what our desire is, but it's going to be greater than we can imagine, if that makes any sense. In other words, even the curators, even those, the scientists and the experts that begin the process of, of restoration of the, the Mona Lisa, today you take uh, uh, most any artwork that has been covered up by time in some kind of uh, unnatural way according to the intention of the original artist. If they go back and they restore that work of art, it's always going to be more amazing than they could ever have imagined mm-hmm. when they reveal those original colors and those original brushstrokes mm-hmm. uh, according to the bias of the original artist. Well, and and how wonderful the message that you're sending yourself when you're going through this process because the reason that the time has been taken to restore a piece like that 
is because of the esteem. It is so highly esteemed and valued. And so I, I really love what you're telling us, this, that you're sending yourself this message of self. You are so highly valued and esteemed and the world needs all of your originality so much that I'm going to go through this deep dive restoration process because it's mm-hmm. worth it. Yes, the attitude of whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. The key that unlocks our lives to advance lies within our imaginations. And that's our part. That's where we begin. And we, we say, okay, I unconditionally love myself so much that I am willing to do whatever this takes. I know that the end result, the reward of my efforts is going to be worth it. I saw something really interesting uh, online yesterday. I think it was on Instagram. Uh, but somebody was just making the point of, how detrimental it is when someone posts a quote and they don't attach the author to it. And they were making the point that the quote has such deep impact because of the life lived that's attached to it, Mm. not just the Mm. words. And that's really ringing true, I think, for what you're telling us today, that it's not just about what you're doing in life and what you're producing, but your life is going to be this beautiful, vibrant, important picture that's attached to everything you do. And you're going to have such a deep impact because of how you're living, you know, what you're doing with your life and, and the, the depth of, of experience. Yeah, what, what we're uncovering is not just wholly ourselves. It is an actual original tacit of the Creator, which is mm. magnificent. It's majestic. Yeah. It's something that was that's supposed to be a piece of the universe, a piece of the greater expression of all that there is. And who are we to wow. allow that to remain covered up? It's, yeah. a, it's actually selfish, to not restore yeah. the original version that we were meant to be. And of course, one of my favorite analogies of this is something you said many, many podcasts ago. And we were talking about Michelangelo and his how he would always say that he's not a sculptor. He's just He just releases sculptures that are within mm. the block. Mm-hmm. Right. That makes me think of mm. everything you're telling us today. There is absolutely no condemnation for those who choose to unconditionally love their creator. Hmm. In other words, just like esteeming the Mona Lisa, they absolutely loved the artist that created that, loved right. what the artist created. Hmm. So because of that unconditional love, there was nothing left that was a blemish on the Mona Lisa. Right. In our lives, another way of saying that is there's no condemnation that's left upon us when we unconditionally love our Creator. Well, and don't we just love to make it all about us, as if the weight of the world is all on us, you know, as if we woke up and created ourselves one day. But this is great. This is great news, right? That's <laughs> it right. takes the pressure off because you just need to esteem the Creator enough to esteem yourself. Anybody that is living under a sense of condemnation is a selfish person. Mm. You're selfish because you're receiving that as something meant for you outside of the creator. Right. Well, I got news for you. You really don't belong to you. You are a representative of something greater than you. Right. Now it's up to you to restore you according to that original intention, the original majesty that we were meant to be. <laughs> I love something you tell me all the time. You're like, you're like, it's all about us, but it's not about us. <laughs> At all. <laughs> At all. <laughs> it's, it's a partnership, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. While believing that we were created in the image of our creator, likewise, we choose to unconditionally love who we were created to be. 
while unconditionally loving all others. It's not just about the Creator, and it's not just about you. Now it's about everybody else as well. It's about the other 35,000 works of art in the Louvre. The answer to enjoying our best lives is located and centered within unconditional love. There is a vastness of possibilities of life force located dynamically and universally within the energetics of acceptance. I, um, I pledged to a fraternity when I first went to college. And as a pledge, I had to begin the process of being accepted. <laughs> Me. Just, I, now, I got to be accepted by all these, you know, 50, 60 guys. It's only funny when I picture you doing it. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like. Well, I was assigned a big brother, okay? And I had to memorize my big brother's family tree. I don't even know my family tree to that extent. You know, I'm talking about going back a hundred years of my big brother. So I had to memorize his family tree. I had to, at their whim, go out and mow a field, um, run errands for the big brother. What school is this? It's it's any school. This is the lamest hazing, though, I've ever heard. Okay. (laughs) This isn't the hazing. This is just getting the process of becoming accepted. Okay. I had to do all kinds of things to be accepted. Okay. And anybody who's been in fraternity, you, you know what I'm talking about. Well, this is how life has been set up. It's not just the fraternity, for goodness sakes. Mm. The whole world is like looking at every individual. Am I going to accept you or not? And we are all marching uh, along to the same beat of a drum somewhere going, oh, my goodness, I hope I'm accepted. I'll do whatever it takes to be accepted, mm. to look like. Somebody else. Imagine the Mona Lisa. If it could speak, say, I just need to be like that work of art, of that that bowl of fruit on the other wall over there. A Renoir. Life would be good. (laughs) I have to do everything right. I have to look like everybody else, dress like everybody, talk like everybody, be just like them, cover up your masterpiece, and you can then join the club. Every human being is set free from all condemnation, all condemnation, whatever the condemnation is that you're experiencing right now, whatever that self-loathing is coming from, you are, I am, all of us are set free from every condemnation when we mindfully take refuge within the protective, creative, aspirational love of our creator, of the artist that created us. The artistry, by choosing to center ourselves within the positive energetics, the vortex of that love, to restore our masterpiece and become extremely successful in this life, we can easily remain impenetrable to every negative source, uh, influencer, every negative condemnation. And for the kinetic believer, this is the beginning of a lifetime of joy and happiness and prosperity and perfect health. I really love that you brought up the topic of acceptance because I always find it fascinating when our our biological instincts have not caught up with our enlightenment at all, not even close. And so obviously the need for acceptance, that instinct for acceptance, it's it's a lot of it's rooted in just our biological um, you know, response to thinking we need to be part of a group to survive. And that's old school, right? Like that's just, I mean, that's not even necessary anymore. And so I love this, creating this depth of awareness around 
around hey you don't need you, you have to be aware of that biological response to needing acceptance and you don't need that anymore so that you can be enlightened and move into this new way of life well a way of, that's exactly right because here's what happens early on somebody um somebody or some some influence again just like we started today's podcast somebody says well you're not worthy or you didn't do what i expected of you so what's the answer to that well, we need validation now. We go back to the the source of the problem, looking at it as a source of the solution. Well, that's the round robin way of life. Yeah. You can't go to the problem hoping to have the problem resolved. You know, that makes me think of um, when I was maybe 17 or 18, I had a, a violin instructor and I was supposed to go to this uh, um, conservatory for the summer. And he, he told me, he said, Megan, he said, you're just not good enough. You're just not going to get to go. And so I went home and I said, uh, I threw my violin, you know, in the car. And I was like, I was reading my, my book. And I said, oh, mom, by the way, he said, I'm not good enough. So I'm not going this summer. <laughs> and, yeah. and so I, my, know, I know what you were doing. Oh, yeah. Well, well I just assumed I believed him. And so I thought, well, okay. I guess I'm not going. Um, but I guess I'm just saying the lack of acceptance was not motivating at all. I just took him at his word. <laughs> you know, oh, so my mom funny. had to call him and say, you know, that's not really how Megan works if she if you tell her she's not good enough she's just going to believe you and and move on what's funny about that though is you you become the michael jordan of violinists oh, you're very... yeah i think you probably use that experience to go on and just be greater than anybody ever expected you to be well i i guess the point though is that you know being immune to manipulation and you know just being upfront with yourself about if i need to be better just tell me i need to be better and that I can be better and sure. we'll, we'll move into that space yeah and then of course the answer to all of this the solution is no longer needing validation from anybody no longer looking to anyone for approval or disapproval or measuring up to the expectations of anybody right that not knowing this what we're talking about today the lack of understanding leaves a person vulnerable to negative consequences of mm. feelings of conviction of not measuring up of not being good enough or too good or anything and all of that is condemnation not measuring up fearful thoughts of not fitting in of not being able to figure out a way to look uh, like everybody else to be as good as everybody else yeah. at anything so i really like how i just want to pause for a second i like mm -hmm. how you just said that really by doing this every time we well, goodness, every time we even do a podcast, that we're shoring up these vulnerabilities. We're sort of plugging these holes, these leaks in our process. And as we do this, we're, we're just building that, really that immunity and closing up all those negative vulnerabilities. I like that idea. We are removing ourselves from the subjective reality of planet Earth. Yeah. And, and we're going to manifest according to our own beliefs that are unblemished and restored back to the original intention and purpose of our own individual lives. You've been doing this for so long. Do you still have, I just have a side question. Do you still have a, a sense of, of growth at this point? Absolutely. Without a doubt. I think that that's part of our experience from uh, in this life and beyond mm -hmm. is that we're always going to continually be developing and growing and manifesting and expanding. That's the purpose of the universe. Yeah. Everything that is life is one of expanding and advancing, mm -hmm. advancing toward perfected completion. And that possibility for advancing will exist until every negative energetic has been removed from the universe. Wow. And right now there's 
there is almost a perfect balance of positive and negative energy. The only thing that tilts the, the balance is the plus one particle that's been identified in quantum physics that gives the advancing universe the advantage to advance. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it wouldn't exist. Wow. Wow. Either we are trying to manipulate circumstances around us to perform according to our own expectations, or we are open to affliction, just like the Mona Lisa that comes from, in our own uh, lives, from feelings of disappointment, of letting somebody down, of not being enough, of not serving hard enough, of not cleaning the kitchen like you wanted me to clean it, not making my bed the way that you would have me to make it, of letting somebody down, of not being enough, of not serving hard enough, of not being good enough, of being a disappointment to somebody. But here's the good news. Kinetic believers don't live under condemnation. Why? Because we have a way to unbecome every negative source influencer. We have a way of restoration. We have a way of removing all those kinks and bruises and red paint. We are free from every condemnation. Because we learn to value and esteem and love our work of art. So right now it's time to ask yourself, are you living under the influence of some kind of condemnation? Because if you are, I am telling you that it will lead you away from the abundant life that you came into the natural to enjoy. Condemnation will blemish your finish without perfected restoration. You're going to hang yourself right back on the wall for others to see with still a nick or a dent, or a scratch, or something that's just, you've left it there because maybe you're comfortable with it being there. You've left it there because you feel like you deserve it. You've left it there because of self-loathing. You've left it there for some reason that's unchecked. You still are not in perfected, unconditional love for the original work. I have to say, I really like that you you sort of just offered up condemnation almost as uh, if you see it, if you feel it, if you're experiencing it, it's almost like it, it should trigger you to realize that, oh, I'm feeling condemnation. I need to rewild because I'm not valuing myself enough. The esteem isn't there. I need to work on my my self-perception and make sure that it's accurate and it's original and it's unique and real. Yeah. And okay, here's the first cautionary sign to all of this. Do you think about your past a lot? Because it's actually natural for your experiential knowledge to emerge from the subconscious. What you believe to be uh, mistakes, past negative judgments, emotional reactions, all of those are filed away within the subconscious. And the result is that we continue to relive negative life experiences that may have hurt us. And those negative life experiences emerge from the subconscious to continually hurt us over and over again and again. And we continue to feel the effects of, of those uh, pains. Well, you did a really great podcast. I can't think of the full length name off the top of my head. I think it was something about reprogramming the subconscious, but this was a while back. But you did such a beautiful job of demonstrating and showing us how when you relive those negative past experiences, you're bringing them into the present and you're giving them life. You're sort of like revitalizing them and breathing new life into these negative experiences that should be left back there. And if anything, diminished. Well, if they're still plugged away in the subconscious, remember, they're going to come out of the subconscious as a reaction. Mm -hmm. 
Um, the consciousness is acting, and their subconscious reacts, and we don't even sometimes know why we're reacting the way that we are. It's just these things, these energetics are still sewn in there. Human beings struggling with energetics will find themselves continually saying things like, I really wish I would have, or if only I could have, or <laughs> I shouldn't have. <laughs> so this is the first cautionary tale that we may be missing our best lives because of the energetics of condemnation. It's because we think about our experiential negative experiences a lot. We dwell on those things a lot. We, we are planting ourselves and we're looking backward and mulling it over and over and again and again. And it hurts and it hurts and it keeps just <laughs> we're breathing life into it. Right. Into something that doesn't exist. Yeah. It only exists because we believe it exists. We don't even exist in our past anymore. It's non-existent, but we're keeping it alive. Therefore, by dwelling on it and mulling it over and over, we continue to manifest the energetics of those past negative experiences. Mm. Not casting down those imaginations and all of those memories that we're talking about will align us with feelings of guilt and feelings of shame. And what are those? Those are condemnation. Those are the nicks, and those are the bruises, and those are the rocks. And when aligned with the cognitive sense of reasonings, we come away from the experience believing that we're just not good enough for a prosperous, abundant life. We're not good enough to live our best life. We're not good enough to be healthy, to be wealthy, to attract millions of dollars. We're not good enough to live in a castle of our heart's desire. We're not good enough for great relationships. And when aligned with the cognitive sense of reasonings, then we come away from the experience believing that we're just not good enough for any of that stuff. So feelings of not being good enough, of feelings of inadequacy, only have an effect within the realm of the competitive comparisons of competition, the world that we're in, the... the. Um, uh, the world of having to measure up, just like with the fraternity. It's a, a fraternal world, a fraternal world order. Yeah. Within that universe, we lose our identity. We lose that original masterpiece by becoming good enough to win someone else's prize, to look like something else on the wall in the museum. That's the negative universe. That's, that's the wrong reality. And it's centered within the diminishing greed of winners and losers. Remember, we are all masterfully created as diverse works of art. And that's what makes us alike. It's that we are all different. That's the likeness. That's the commonality. Mm -hmm. The only sense of commonality that we are originally supposed to have with the other 7 billion beings on this planet is that we are all human beings with different tasks and representations of our creator's intention we're all different that makes us alike wow what a, this is so powerful and and it's really also revealing the power of having awareness because everything that we're talking about that you're showing us today it really is the thing that happens when we are living in autopilot and we don't even we, we don't even have an awareness that we're doing it, where it's coming from, why it's happening, what the results are. It's just happening and we're, and we're accepting it as is. So I love the power of being aware of the system that's happening, why it's happening, the original source energy, uh, you know, what the outside world is, the negative source energy is trying to to do to us and and even just that connection to the creator and seeing us and I and I want to go back to that for a second because that's really that's one of the things today that has really stuck with me this idea that instead of just 
simply seeing yourself as self, you are seeing yourself as the creation, as the masterpiece like you've been revealing today. What a powerful rewilding of your self-perspective that I'm a masterpiece. And I know that because of my creator, not almost like, hey, I didn't say it. <laughs> right. Yeah. The reason why that is so powerfully important and vital to our success, knowing what you just said, is that none of us are in this by ourselves. Right. The person that feels like they are not uh, adequately furnished to be able to go back and and restore their original masterpiece, don't worry about it. Just begin the process, and it's the desire and the imagination to become that that will draw in the forces and the power mm. of your creator to make sure that it happens. Wow. In other words, your genius of purpose came into the natural, fully furnished to be able to do exactly what we're talking about. It's not, you're not the only curator. You're not the only um, uh, scientist with the ability. You're not going to have to do the work by yourself what is you what just, I'm trying to say. What you just said is so powerful because it can feel overwhelming. If you are buried under decades of red paint and rocks, then it can feel vastly overwhelming, if not impossible, to rewild to that original source, to restore yourself to it, to your original intended glory. But when you're in this with your creator and when you go into this process with the expectation that the creator is going to meet you in this process to be a part of the restoration. That's just phenomenal. That's so powerful. And this is why so many people miss the mark, because when they realize that I need to be fixed, something's really wrong with me. Mm. I'm, I'm depressed. I'm under all of this condemnation. And then the first thing that most people want to do is I need somebody to fix me. Mm. Wait a minute. Wow. It's somebody that broke you. You have everything within you to fix yourself. It's already there. What you need is somebody to point you in the right direction, and that is to your within. Mm. You're equipped. You're fully furnished. And everything that anybody needs for restoration already exists within within them. Because it's the on the inside. Put it there. <laughs> That's exactly right. The kinetic believer is a co-equal creative creator with the creator with the ability to imagine, desire, and attract to manifest their best life. Not because we deserve it, but because it's who we are. Leave what's in the past in the past. Press forward with your imaginations to construct your future. Our new and wonderful life experiences exist completely on the road of adventure before us. This is a destiny completely separate from the past. But we've got to stop looking toward our past in order to manifest our futures. And I'll tell you that it's not enough to just be a mental agreeer with what we've been talking about today. That is not enough. We can't listen to the podcast and go, I, yeah, that sounds great. I think this is wonderful. It's Perfect. Listen, as long as we keep allowing ourselves to replay bad choices or experiences, we keep ourselves in the round-robin experience of condemnation going round and round and round. It doesn't go away. We have to be ready to get off of that circle of life. So cast down, listen, cast down every negative thought, every negative imagination, reasonings, all the rationale, all of the thoughts of the past that have been holding you captive and stop considering what they said. Stop mulling over those experiences. Stop taking personal, personally uh, the, the negative sign, the finger someone gave you in traffic and thinking, what's wrong with me? Why do they hate me? Why don't they like me? 
sure, thoughts will come. You can't do anything about a thought showing up. But thoughts are just like, they're they're like birds. You can't stop a bird from flying over your head, but you can prevent it from building a nest in your hair. Don't let the thought linger by thinking about it and meditating on it. It doesn't exist unless you cause it to exist. So continually write in your meditative guided journal that you do not live in your past. As a kinetic believer, every day is fresh and every day is new. And you have within the ability to attract a prosperous, guilt-free future. So determine to live fully in the present and optimistically look forward to what you believe is manifesting into your life right now. This is a way of life. This is the way to life. This is the restoration of who you must be. And I will tell you that this does, it requires daily effort. It it doesn't just happen because you agreed today that it sounds good. This is the way of life. But my goodness, isn't it worth the effort? Otherwise, you know, we're just dealing uh, with ourselves in, in an inaccurate way. We're, we are destining ourselves to masquerade as something that we were never intended to be, just as defined by uh, negative energetics and negative source influencers, as just something that's been scored by acid and dented by rocks and covered in red. And yes, like we've been talking about, you know, Meg, anybody can do this. It is part of our created DNA. And it actually takes more effort to brush our teeth and shower every day than it does to imagine our best life in alignment with our original genius of purpose. It's fun. So don't give up if the thoughts of your past don't immediately stop. Remember, negative energetics are are looking for like kind to attach to. So the temptation to remember the bad can be strong. It's negatively natural to be drawn to condemnation. It feels good to a lot of people. It's, you know, gets the adrenaline going. And to think about those mistakes and to think about fearful thoughts and imaginings of failure. Look, the good news is that we have the advantage. We have the imaginative advantage to restore ourselves with only our purpose in mind. So continue to kinetically believe in your guided journal. In those unwanted thoughts, I'm telling you, they will dissipate. They cannot remain where they're not invited. But remember, this is a decision. It's a decision, a thoughtful decision that we make every day to leave the past behind and to focus on the here and the now for the most glorious future our Creator can imagine for us. Abraham Lincoln said that the best way to predict the future is to create it. Mm. <laughs> Easy enough. Isn't that cool? <laughs> Just create it, okay? Let's work on some imaginations and highest viewpoints. Imagine your life as it is right now without the slightest idea that you've ever failed at anything. Nothing. Or that anyone has ever said anything negative about you. Imagine it right now. I mean... Failure is a subjective belief, and it really doesn't exist unless you believe that it does. So negative comments about you don't exist, likewise, unless you believe that they do. The energetics that form your life are only in alignment with what you choose to believe. So imagine your life without the slightest amount of failure in your past right now. And say this out loud. I abandon old habits. I abandon old habits. 
And choose new positive ones. And I choose new positive ones. I let go of impatience. I let go of impatience. And trust in my Creator's plan. And I trust in the Creator's plan. I choose the contents of my life. I choose the contents of my life. No one else does. No one else does. Obstacles are now falling away easily. Obstacles are now falling away easily. I no longer resist. I no longer resist. The person of my masterpiece. The person of my masterpiece. Aren't I beautiful? Aren't I beautiful? <laughs> other people <laughs> other people don't control my emotions. Other people don't control my emotions. I do. I do. I'm filled with love. I'm filled with love. In an ocean of energetics. In an ocean of energetics. I cast down things. I cast down things. That don't represent my restoration. That don't represent my restoration. I journal positivity into my life. I journal positivity into my life. And accept nothing less. And I accept nothing less. I am at peace. I am at peace. Now we know what a cautionary tale is. Wow, that was that was really fun. It was. What a depth of understanding. I love when we get into the the really micro analysis of how and why all of this is working. It just helps. It really helps to 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 really bear up under all of our understanding and and in a sense it gives you so much more power too when when manifesting. It certainly does. So how do you restore yourself? Well get the get the guided journal. It's the dreams and visions. Those are the guideposts for blueprinting your perfected yeah. life. The original way you were intended to be, just like the Mona Lisa. There that exists already. What we need to do is just to uncover it from all of life's blemishes, all of the negative source energetics that's been spattered all over you. And we do this by journaling through the guided journal process for a hundred days and allow the law of attraction, the other 50% of manifestations and manifesting your best life to show up because you are doing the daily work. You're brushing your teeth, making your bed, taking a shower and journaling. (laughs) I want to give people today on the podcast just also an extra sense of this, the idea that it's, yes, it's a journal, but it's more of a book as well. Um, What is the written part in the book take us through just on on a single day what is everyone looking at and experiencing before they even get to um, that journaling process well it's the thought processes that go in uh, alignment with the journaling the actual imagination process that then leads to the manifestations and so when we you journal each day. It's vital. It's important that we get into the correct mindset of casting down negative imaginations and every high uh, thought that comes in that's a contradiction to the life that we're imagining to live. In other words, we have to know, we have to be guided toward the restoration process of what is allowed and what's not allowed, what brush strokes should remain and what needs to be removed, what uh, amount of paint was original and what has been thrown on it by negative influencers. So, for example, just by transforming and renewing our minds and well, I'm looking at just day 29 in the guided journal right now. It says to engage anticipatory action toward your good ideas when they form. It's your idealistic life that already exists and requires the agreement of your belief. So it's meditating on words like that, Meg, that uh, enable uh, all of us to begin to 
put ourselves in that right meditative posture for imagining unblemished, in an unblemished way, the life that we were supposed to live and represent. Well, and I just love to in the journal that you have the teaching and then you also have, after you've had this meditative time, that there's always a journal prompt because I don't know, I know some people don't have this problem, but I love being prompted on what to write because a blank page, it can be a little intimidating. Well, and you know, as I wrote this book, I did it, I really did it for myself in mind. This is the way that I have uh, led my own life as a kinetic believer for years and years and years. You have to get into a meditative state. For example, again, on day 29, one thing that I remind myself is that I need to unbecome some things in order to become some things. Yes. We can't become something that we desire to be while being something we're not meant to be. You can't be the Mona Lisa with all the red paint still there. So you've got to know what you're working on. And that's the that was the purpose of the book when I wrote it and mm. uh, the guided awesome. part of the journaling of it. So and that's well, how it works. And if you want a copy of that, you can uh, order the hard copy, have it shipped directly to you on the website, stephencanyon.com. Or you can choose to purchase the digital version, which is my personal favorite. You can use it on your iPad or you can print it out at your leisure. And also on the website, you can grab the Genius of Purpose workbook, which is a great way to kickstart your journaling process as well. Well, and it goes back and it reveals, the Genius of Purpose reveals that Mona Lisa. It reveals what you're, what you're even trying to restore yeah. and get back to the original of, but Absolutely. that's on the website. And then there is the Facebook group. Yes, the private Kinetic Believers Facebook group. It is blossoming. It is growing. It's a beautiful place to share your your dreams and desires and then get feedback and encouragement from other Kinetic Believers. And of course, Stephen and myself are on there as well, always popping in to say hello. Well, that's where we are. People are encouraging and edifying, celebrating and championing each other. That is the way of life for the Kinetic Believer. Absolutely. So much fun, Meg. Yeah. And I have to say, Kinetic Believers, I love you guys. So much fun. <laughs> love them. Yeah. So encouraging. Life as it was meant to be. Yeah, life as it, as it was meant to be. Our utopia, if you will. That's it. Well, thanks as usual, Steve, for all the wisdom today. I can't wait for tomorrow. Bye.